Welcome back to Never Alone. On this episode, we are going to be talking about boundaries and um, just how to deal with your own emotions and then all of the other people in your life just kind of navigating how to handle the comments, handle the pressure. A lot of times the pressure we're putting on ourselves, um, you know, what you share, what you don't share. It's just, it's a lot more complicated than just sharing with everyone in your life what's going on. Yeah, it really is complicated. And um, I love this about Morgan and I, that we did it differently. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll just go ahead and say that I was very private with our journey. And so I did not share a lot. I didn't feel comfortable sharing. I thought that it was just a very intimate journey between my husband and I. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, there was just a lot of unknowns. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't feel like I wanted to keep updating people. I didn't feel the need to share the details. Mm -hmm. And so I kept it private. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you did it different. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's great that you, what you said is true. You know, it is a really intimate time between you and your husband. We've talked about this before that, you know, other people don't tell us when they're trying necessarily, or or maybe they do, but they're not like, we're going to try tonight. Right. Um, So it is personal and it is... um, definitely a touchy subject, but I think, yeah, we did handle it differently. I was really open, um, at times too open. And I think a lot of it was that we had been really vocal about wanting kids. And then I felt like I needed to update people. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a pressure that I put on myself, but I also was excited that we were starting to get some answers. Um, like I was definitely more private about our loss, I didn't tell a lot of people about that until we knew more because that is really kind of what led us to eventually see a a specialist. So I think then when I would share kind of where we were at, I would then include the loss there. Um, So I think, I think it's different what you're going through, what you want to share. Yeah. And I will add to that. Like um, we would say one is not better than the other. Mm-hmm. You know, extremely open is not necessarily better in all cases. Mm-hmm. And also being extremely private is not better in certain cases either because mm-hmm. you'll have pros and cons to both. Yep. And then um, it also, like you said, depends on the season you're in through yes. your journey. You know, so whether that's a loss, sometimes it is more helpful to share with your really close mm-hmm. loved ones in mm-hmm. your life because they can be there for you. They can support you. They can lean on you when you need it. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, you know, some losses are harder than others. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really want the whole world knowing about your loss. Mm -hmm. So it really just, you kind of have to gauge what you need at the time Mm -hmm. and whether um, you feel comfortable being open with others. Yeah. And I think something that you said about gauging what you need at the time, I I honestly don't know that I was, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think probably a lot of, a lot of people feel that way. I was sharing updates around our tests and around what next steps we were taking once we did get in with a fertility clinic. But um, what I would say is a con to oversharing is that then people expect those updates and advice I wish I knew what would be that 
um, people not going through this, they have no idea what the timeline is. Right. So if, you know, being more vague, it was hard because I was just sharing information as I was getting it. So it was like, oh, we're doing this then and we're doing that then. And then we're going to find out, we'll know as soon as five days after saying something like that, then you're putting the pressure or I was putting the pressure on myself where I'm like, okay, if this is negative, like now everyone knows when I'm going to know. Right. Um, They're going to be wondering that day, five days after when you find out. And also they're probably not wondering as much as you're thinking they're wondering, but because you've already said how long it's going to be or that you'll find out soon, I feel like you're setting yourself up to worry about what their reaction is going to be or having to tell them. And that just added a whole other dynamic. Um, And so I think that was the con kind of of oversharing. It was hard to reel it back in once our friends and family were kind of used to getting so many updates. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, one of the positives Mm -hmm. for me for being private Mm -hmm was that a lot of our grief, I wanted to grieve with my husband first Mm -hmm. and not with everybody first. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's probably a personal preference, Mm -hmm. but I loved grieving with my husband. And then when I felt ready, sharing with my close friends Mm -hmm. or sharing with people that were close in my life at the Mm -hmm. time that we had just been through this loss Mm -hmm. and that it was incredibly hard. And um, that's a personal preference for me. Not everybody is that way, but, um, I really did it like that at the time. Yeah. No. And I think even on the flip side of even when there is good news, yeah, wanting to just be able to share with just your spouse yeah. versus being like, oh my gosh, you know, now I got to tell so-and-so. Yep. Um, and I think we're saying this all from a loving place of that. We know these people, you know, our friends, our family, they really care and they're rooting for us. And that's why they want to know, and we probably make it a way bigger deal in our minds right. of how much they're thinking about it because yeah. it's all we can think about. Yeah. Um, but it's really just that added pressure that you're putting on yourself yes. when you're open or the added pressure you're putting on yourself when you're not sharing. I was about to say, I actually remember at the beginning or I guess fairly beginning of our journey that we did not share with a lot of people, but as you know, you know, word gets out, people mm-hmm. wonder, they're mm-hmm. curious, they're wondering why you haven't had a child yet. And I remember walking into a room of a party or at church or just anywhere where there was a lot of familiar faces and just thinking in my head, do they know? Mm-hmm. And it's just this weird feeling that mm-hmm. comes over you of like, they probably know, mm-hmm. but I haven't told them. Definitely. And it's not a good feeling. Yeah. So I would say, you know, some of that is you can get away with it if you do share mm-hmm. because then they do know right? and they do expect and they do kind of know what you're going through. Whereas if you hold it in and you don't share, you're always wondering, does that person know or not? Mm-hmm. I think it's, there's no perfect way to do it yes. because even though we were really open, that feeling that you just described, I still felt that way. Okay. Um, even at like bigger family gatherings where I knew everyone kind of knew from word of mouth, but right. I still felt that like, shame kind Mm -hmm. of like, oh, we're the only ones without kids. And like, everyone's probably wondering what our update is. And even though they might not have been wondering, (laughs) it's all you can think about. So you think that's what they're thinking about. Of course. Um, Because it's so top of mind. Yeah. So I think it's a good point to just say that it's hard no matter whether you share or don't share or like what that 
looks like for you, but we did want to talk about the three types of friends that, um, that you have or that you'll need and kind of just talk through, through those. Yeah. So we would say there's three types of friends during infertility. Mm -hmm. The first we describe as a friend who has personally been through infertility themselves. Yes. And this type of friend knows exactly what you're talking about when you use the lingo. The lingo. (laughs) Yep. They know exactly what you're talking about. They know the dates. They know the medications. Mm -hmm. They know the feeling mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. So that would be the first type of friend. And then the second type of friend would be your friend who has not gone through infertility Mm -hmm. personally, but they are really trying. Mm -hmm. They are googling themselves Mm -hmm. they are trying to learn the lingo not that they'll get it perfectly Mm -hmm. they are trying to understand the process understand the mental and physical toll Mm -hmm. and they're very empathetic yeah and then the third person would be your friend who loves you dearly Mm -hmm. but does not necessarily care about the lingo does not necessarily care about trying Mm -hmm. they just want to be your friend Mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily want to um walk alongside you in this journey. Mm-hmm. They would rather just be friends. Right. If that makes sense. Or yeah, sometimes it feels like those people maybe have amnesia. Like <laughs> yes. you've told them and you've gotten super vulnerable and you've opened up and then things come up and you're like, wait, I just told you we are going through like the hardest time right now. And you're talking to me about something that just isn't important. Yeah. Um. So I think you described it perfectly. The first one being those who've walked the journey. That one's tough because not all of us have someone who have gone through mm-hmm. infertility. Um, I've shared that I was introduced to Madison right before we were, you know, starting our IVF journey and that was huge. But I also um, joined a few Facebook groups for mm-hmm. better or worse. <laughs> um, and one was local to Atlanta. And I actually met a dear friend that way. Um, she had posted looking for an acupuncture recommendation, which I I love acupuncture. And I was very excited to share my <laughs> acupuncturist with her. Um, but saw that we had, you know, like three mutual friends. And so I messaged her and I was like, hey, like, I'm new here. I don't really know that many people. Um, if you want to go on a walk and, you know, she's become one of my really, really good friends and we were really there for each other. Um, and ended up being kind of like really walking through it together. So just even if it's like a friend of a friend or getting creative, um, in finding somebody who can really truly understand, because as much as, you know, the next bucket of like those empathetic friends, like they just are never truly going to get it the same way, even though they're trying to educate themselves and what have you, they just haven't walked through it. Yeah. I remember, um, at the beginning of our journey, uh, I worked out at a small gym Mm -hmm. and so everybody kind of knew each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the girls that I worked out with frequently, um, I had no idea that she was going through fertility. But one day in my clinic, I was walking down the hall and I saw her Mm -hmm. and we both just started crying because (laughs) we had this feeling of like, I'm so happy to see you. And also I'm so sad to see you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like our heart broke that we were both going through this and didn't even know. Yeah. And you guys Um, had just been in the gym together. Yes. We had just been in the gym together. Had no idea. So she was, um, she was a huge part in the beginning mm-hmm. um, and extremely helpful. And I don't know what I would have done without her. Yeah. 
I know that's huge. No, not everyone can necessarily have someone. And we hope that even just this community is that um, for you, but it is very helpful. Yeah. So the second type of person, the empathetic friend who is trying, um, I think our advice would be to those friends, thank them, you know, thank them for trying, thank Mm -hmm. them for being there for you. And you can um, educate them as well, because Mm -hmm. I think they do want to learn. They do want to be there for you. And as hard as it is to tell somebody, hey, that really hurt. Yes. Or, hey, that situation made me feel uncomfortable when mm-hmm. you said this. Mm-hmm. You are helping your friend out. Yeah. Um, and I will say <laughs> my husband used to tell me at the beginning, you know, you can't get mad at somebody um, for saying something insensitive if you haven't let them know. And I struggle with this because yes. I would be afraid to tell somebody, you know, hey, that was a little insensitive and that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that still. Yeah. I really have a tough time because there we are lucky enough to have a lot of friends who are fantastic and really trying so hard to be sensitive. Um, and things are still triggering. Things are going to be triggering to each individual. So yeah. for me, the um, asking about like specifics is really tough because I'm not quite sure why. Just like asking me like like when the appointment was or what the outcome was because I think a lot of times it's like we're waiting on the information too. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's that I don't want to let people down. Um it's pressure I put on myself. It's totally it's a me problem. It's not them. Um but I have trouble telling people like I don't want you to ask me yeah. because that's their way of caring. I know. So it's really tricky. It is tricky. Yeah, but I yeah, just educate them mm-hmm. and tell them because this empathetic friend they want to know. They yeah. want to know how they can help mm-hmm. you. They want to know what to say and yeah. what not to say and they're not going to do it perfectly, right. but they want to learn. Right. And I think this time around time three. I'm, I'm trying to tell people up front, like, I'm not going to be giving as many updates. I'm not going to be giving you a play by play from the doctor's office like last time. Um, but I really appreciate you being there for me. Right. So it's on you to set the boundaries really. It is. And then the last person that we discussed, um, the person who doesn't necessarily care to walk alongside you in this journey, they just want to be your friend. That's a tricky one mm-hmm. because we would say um, those friends should probably be loved at a distance mm-hmm. for this season mm-hmm. because um, it's a tricky friend to have when you're walking down this journey. Mm-hmm. So you can love them from a distance, but you definitely need to put up boundaries. Yeah. And I think that this bucket it's like i think doesn't care sounds negative right. and and that might be some people like they right. may be like you know what that's just too heavy for me i'm not really yeah. interested but i think the majority of people it's more that they're just like this is so foreign to them and mm-hmm. they really can't grasp the weight and severity of it and so um they actually might think they're being a good friend yeah and yeah. um but i think you can learn pretty quickly the people who just, you know, are like genuine versus you've shared so much and then they're still just showing you that they're not really grasping it. Yeah. Um, I think one bucket that we didn't really cover too is, is family. Yeah. Like they're super empathetic and they're trying, um, 
and they're asking questions because they want to learn. But then I think it's also sometimes they're like, they're rooting for you, but they're not really sure how. Yeah. And I would say family's a tricky one too, because your family loves you differently Mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Because they're your family. Mm -hmm. And so when you love somebody that deeply, Mm -hmm. you want to fix it and Mm -hmm. you want to help them and you don't want them to struggle. Family does not want you to struggle. They Mm. don't want this path for Mm -hmm. you. They don't want you to go down it. So their intentions are really good. Yeah. They really are. That's Um, a really good point because I think the fixing part is tough, you know? Um, but I mean, I'm I'm self-admittedly like that. I'm a fixer too. Right. So I think when people are like, oh, like, have you tried going to the chiropractor or have you tried this? Have you tried that? It's like they don't want to see you suffering. And when you kind of reframe it that it's coming from that place, yeah, it can be a little bit less irritating. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. Um, But yeah, I think back to the people that just kind of aren't aren't there to necessarily walk through this with you, Um, whether that means they aren't grasping it or that they're just not supporting you in the way that you prefer, like loving them from a distance, what you had said. Um, And I think even people, you just have a different mental capacity. Um, And so I've talked about this with another friend. Like I definitely pride myself on friendships, like being the one to call first or like initiate a check-in. And I think when we were going through everything, really the hardest time, like there was just a lot of friends who actually think would have been there for me, but I just didn't have the energy to like reach out or update them. Yeah. Um, or think ask it's about because, their life. Uh, yeah, and I think it's because you're so mentally exhausted mm-hmm, already mm-hmm. that that just feels like a whole nother job in itself. Yes. Which is sad. Yeah, no, it does. And I think it's because really day-to-day life is talking about work and trips and you know where you're going to dinner and yeah. stuff like that. And it just feels so trivial mm-hmm. in comparison in your own mind when yeah. you're just so stuck in this that you're like, I just don't care Yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know? And I even felt that way for, for close friends too. I'm just yeah. like, I just can't listen to this right now. Um, so I think it's boundaries with yourself too. And, and knowing that like you need to maybe recharge in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of even having to put some friendships on hold. Like yeah. I definitely was able to pick back up with a lot of people, you know, and I'm talking more like d- distance friends yeah. um, that I was just like, I just can't really explain all this over the phone right now or yeah. like over text. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think we all have um, different friendships in our lives to yeah. begin with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really important to know what stage you're at in infertility mm, because mm-hmm. there's different stages. Yeah. And uh, for instance, I would say, you know, after a loss, um, I could not be around surfacey people mm-hmm. and I couldn't be in big party settings. I yeah. couldn't be in um, large gatherings mm-hmm. because to me, I was grieving so deeply and I was hurting so much that somebody talking about, um, something just super, super surfacey. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was triggering to me yes. and I didn't care. And that was not their fault. Mm-hmm. They are living their life. Um, it was really my uh, choice and 
I think it was a good one for me to kind of remove myself from those types of situations at that time period. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I couldn't do that my whole journey, Mm -hmm. but especially after a loss, I had to kind of step back and say, I can't take that party tonight. Yeah. You know? And I think it's hard because people, I think I'm guilty of it even. You know, sometimes I don't, I want to keep things light because I know that someone's going through something hard and you're like, I'm like, I don't want to be the one that triggers them by asking how they're feeling. And maybe they were having a good day and they didn't really want to talk about it. Right. Um, So it's not even really blaming those people. It's more just having the self-awareness. Yeah. Like you said, of being, being like, that's just not who's going to fill me, fill my cup right now. Or that's just not what I need right now. Yeah. Um, and I do think obviously hindsight's 2020. Um, I think that we pro- probably both would have done things differently. Is would you have done it differently or would you do it differently? Or do you feel like it's just been like an evolution or <laughs> you know, that's a great question because I don't know if I necessarily would have done anything differently. I've obviously learned a lot mm-hmm. um from our path that, you know, we've been on and, you know, somewhat chosen to be more private and share Mm -hmm. with others. And I don't know, I don't think I would have done it differently Mm -hmm. because there were times where I was more open with Mm -hmm. certain friends and I really did appreciate the friendship Mm -hmm. and the vulnerability obviously Mm -hmm. bonded us. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there were other times where it was just me and my husband Mm -hmm. and I cherished those times as Mm -hmm. well. So I don't really know if I would have done it different um, other than, like I said previously, of being more vocal about uh, my personal feelings. Mm -hmm. So me being triggered or me being Mm -hmm. hurt or disappointed or just having a bad day in general, Mm -hmm. I wish I had been more open Mm -hmm. about those days. Yeah, that's fair. What about you? Yeah, I think similar to you, I like the way that you said that, that you've learned a lot. because I think I wasn't equipped in that time to discern, hey, like I really shouldn't share about this specific date. Mm -hmm. And so I think I will say that is what I'm doing differently this time is I'm not sharing dates. Mm -hmm. I actually think you gave me that advice (laughs) (laughs) beforehand and I still share dates. So that's um, just goes to show you that it just depends where you're at in your walk when you think it's appropriate or not. But I think just not being so specific and I am sharing with less people Mm -hmm. Um, just because I think in the beginning too, you almost just are like looking or I was looking for people to be excited for me. And now I'm like, I've been through this process, so I don't need that in that way, really. Yeah. Yeah, I feel better equipped still think you need people, but I don't think I need to tell everyone and and not being so specific. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to kind of recap what we've been over, you know, boundaries are hard in general. Yes. And I would say they're extremely hard in infertility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think just knowing yourself, being thoughtful about, you know, who, who you're around, what you want to share, um, and just kind of thinking about those buckets of friends. Yeah. Um, and also giving yourself grace that if if you're just feeling like you need a pause on a friendship or certain gatherings, that that it's okay. Um, I think a whole other topic of boundaries is like baby showers yeah. and just being around friends who are pregnant. Yeah. 
which probably is its own other post. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think just knowing that it's it's okay yeah. to say no. It's okay to share how you're feeling or triggered and um, that everyone's di- journey is just going to be different. Yeah. And I would add to that that, you know, a lot of people in your life, the close ones who love you, mm-hmm. you might feel that they expect mm-hmm. certain updates mm-hmm. or expect certain times in your life for you to be more open with mm-hmm. them and do not feel bad for setting a boundary. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times we feel bad for setting boundaries. Yes. And our advice to you would be do not feel bad for setting a boundary in this mm-hmm. season of life mm-hmm. because you won't get through it. <laughs> yeah. No, that it's so true. It's You have to put yourself first. You have to be selfish. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. So. And if they, you know, if they can't necessarily understand that this mm-hmm. is a season that you are going through and that this boundary is not set up for forever, Mm-mm. it's just during this season, mm-hmm. then you know, reevaluate. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. But anyways, yes, this um, boundary topic is a tricky one. It's a sticky one. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not that fun to talk about because yeah. nobody likes boundaries. <laughs> but we'd love to hear from you if you have um, stories of, you know, boundaries that you've had to put up or if it's been successful or even if you just need a vent about someone in one of these buckets. Um definitely send us a message. Our Instagram is never alone infertility. And um, we look forward to hearing from you.